ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهد الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له ونشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد ان سيدنا وسندنا وحبيبنا وشفيعنا ومولانا محمدا عبده ورسوله ارسله الله بالهدى ودين الحق ليظهره على الدين كله ولو كره الكافرون ولو كره المشركون ولو كره المنافقون اما بعد فقد قال الله عز وجل في كتابه الكريم يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون وقال عز وجل في كتابه الكريم يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم اعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما وقال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم افضل الجهاد كلمه حق عند السلطان جائر وصدق الله وصدق الله العظيم وصدق رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم all praises to allah and may his peace and blessings be upon his servant and messenger our master sayyidna muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam brothers and sisters people ask me how am how am i doing this is a very awkward question to ask even though oftentimes it's just a social habit that people have they don't really care they don't really mean it but it's an awkward question to ask especially in the last two months I have now given up pretense. I tell people, alhamdulillah, everything is good in my life. I'm comfortable, I have food, my family is safe, my home is safe, my home is happy, everything is fine. I'm clothed, I have everything I want and everything I need in order to be happy. I have it and I have more than what I what I want and what I need. But still who's going to be able to look at pictures of small children being killed indiscriminately? Who's going to look at pictures of hospitals being bombed? Who's going to look at pictures of masajids being destroyed? Who's going to look at pictures of churches being destroyed? Who's going to look at pictures of ambulances being targeted? Snipers killing children, killing old men and women. War crimes that we don't even have time to describe. Who's going to look at all of that and say I'm feeling okay? This is a reality of this dunya. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has lifted the curtain from us because we read the book of Allah ta'ala, we read the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam and there are certain things that are mentioned there that because life is a party and everyone's having a good time, nobody wants to mention them because they're going to end up ruining the mood for people. Allah ta'ala wants what he wants. We want something, Allah wants something. What Allah wants, that's what's going to end up happening. That the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam didn't he tell us that the dunya is mal'oon, it's cursed and what's in it is cursed except for the remembrance of Allah ta'ala, except for knowledge, the one teaching it and the one learning it and the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now look at what do we see? If wealth was going to do something for you, if political power was going to do something for you if beauty was going to do something for you physically if athletic ability was going to do something for you if any of these things that all of us covet all of us covet 
We all would love to be beautiful. We would all love to be rich, powerful, famous, all of these things. If it could do anything for you, don't you think somebody would have used them to stop one child from being killed? Don't you think somebody would have used them to stop a hospital from being bombed? Don't you think somebody would have used them to stop the destruction of a masjid? Don't you think somebody would have used them to stop any of these war crimes? But the people who have the most power today are the most tongue-tied. The people who have the most money today are the most tongue-tied. The people who have abilities that we all covet, they're today the, the most disabled of people in the face of something that is a clear moral evil. I thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that thing that will cause me to become so lacking in ghayrah, so lacking in any sort of human decency. That thing, if Allah Ta'ala saved me from it, I say Alhamdulillah, and I say that these things are all crimes. You don't have to be a Muslim to know it. You don't have to be in the Masjid and Jumu'ah to know it. Even Jews in this country recognize it. Even Christians in this country recognize it. People recognize it. They see, they see what's going on. The masks have fallen off. Things have become clear to people. And I don't say this because I want to come to the masjid and get people huffed up and puffed up about something they can't do anything about. Because you can obviously do something about it. You cannot solve the entire problem, but you also don't completely have no ability to do anything at all. Every single one of us, Allah Ta'ala gave us an ability to affect the world in a good way and in a bad way based on the choices that we make. I don't mention this in order to fan the flames of a sectarian or religious war, nor do I care about politics that much that I would mention them in the khutbah of Jumu'ah that I want this guy to be president or that guy to be president. I don't care. Name the person that you hate the most, who you think is the biggest criminal in the world. If that person made tawbah and repented and left the path of wickedness and took up the path of righteousness tomorrow, I would be the first one to be happy. I would be the first one to help him even if I don't like him myself, even if you don't like him, or her, whoever it is. The point is what? We're not fixated on personalities. We're not fixated on tribal conflicts. We're not fixated on identity conflicts. The reason that, as Muslims, we object to killing, it's not because they're killing us today and tomorrow, like if someone else is being killed, we're not going to care. Rather, if a Muslim does something wrong, we speak up about it. We have to speak about it. We do speak up about it. We do say, this is wrong. We recognize it's wrong. This is what Allah and His Rasul expect of us. And this is what the Ummah of the Prophet has taught us from the time we were children. And in that vein, I want to talk about something that's directly related to the conflict in Gaza. It's not a conflict, it's a massacre. Directly related to the massacre in Gaza and directly related to our life here in America, here in Ohio, here in Solon. That as of the last couple of days, I've started to read in the newspaper that displays for the Jewish holiday of Hanukkah. Although Hanukkah is a relatively minor Jewish holiday, but it's still a holiday that the Jews celebrate. That in the displays of the Jewish holiday, Hanukkah, they put up like symbols of the menorah. What is the menorah? It's a similar word, if not the same word, to the word in Arabic, minara. 
both of them have a common root. The root of both of them have to do something with illumination or with lighting something up. The menorah is like a candle holder that lights up the, uh, uh, the temple. And the minara is the, the, the minaret. It's literally a cognate of the English word minaret, which lights the way for people who are traveling at nighttime in the, uh, in the, in the Muslim world, in the pre-modern world. They both have the same word. So there are a number of menorah displays in this country that are now being sacked, that are now being desecrated, that are now being trashed. This is a problem. As Muslims, we find this unacceptable. I remember as a child going to an interfaith dialogue. I myself as an imam have participated in them and will continue to participate in them. Because we live in the world with other people, we need to be able to talk to them, we need to be able to have some sort of relationship with them. I'm not a fan of being fake in interactions like that. Because that really doesn't benefit you or other people at all. But I'm also not a person who is too arrogant or who's too stubborn or too closed-minded to go and talk to a person who disagrees with me. And try to understand where they're coming from, even if I don't agree with them. So I remember as a child, at an interfaith dialogue, I asked a rabbi, I said, what is the six-pointed star that's, uh, that, that, that's like the symbol of Judaism? What does it represent? And he said something, I remember it to this day, which is more or less correct. He said, this is actually not a, an old symbol of Judaism. It's a relatively modern uh, uh, emblem that's used to kind of symbolize our faith. He goes, if there's something that's a symbol of Judaism, it's the menorah, actually. That menorah is something that they used in the time of the Masjid al-Aqsa, in the time of priests, not rabbis, in the time of priests, in the time of Anbiya, alayhi salatu wassalam. So even though its use is mansukh, it's abrogated. In our religion, we consider it also still to be an emblem or a now unused or a retired emblem of what? The worship of Allah Ta'ala. So I say unequivocally, it's not acceptable for a person to desecrate it. It's not acceptable for any Muslim to desecrate it. If you're in the Muslim world, the Yahud and Nasara, they have a pact of dhimma that was given not by you or me or by your sheikh or my sheikh or by your king or my king or your president or my president by the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam and you're obliged to honor it I'm obliged to honor it if you're outside of the Muslim world we're citizens of this country and like we don't like our masajid to be desecrated we also don't accept the places of worship and the symbols of other people to be desecrated it's not right if I was in a locality and the synagogue next to me was desecrated, I myself would consider it an act of piety to help them to restore whatever was destroyed from their place of worship. This is something that we should be unequivocal about. However, to stop the discussion there, this is also a treachery. This is also a type of deception. Because if you're okay with the minara being trashed, but you're not okay with the menorah being trashed, you're a hypocrite. As a Muslim, you're a hypocrite. As a Jew, you're a hypocrite. As a Christian, you're a hypocrite. As a person of any religion or no religion at all, as a human being, you're a hypocrite. Why? Over 40 masajid in Gaza, I stopped counting. This is weeks ago. 40 full masajid have been destroyed. Some of them are some of the oldest masajid in the Muslim world. Not have, only have they been destroyed, they've been desecrated. Right? There's a claim which I consider very dubious. 
that they're being used for military purposes. I consider this very dubious, oftentimes hospital. This claim has been made in the past. No evidence comes out, neither at the time, nor before, nor after, nor at any time. It's just you move on to bombing something else unjustifiably, and people forget about what was bombed yesterday. But to bring one up without bringing up the other, it's a complete hypocrisy. This is also, you know, the movement, the believer is, is not rewarded for being stupid. This is a hypocrisy. This also should be recognized. That to desecrate one and not desecrate the other, this is not acceptable. Further than that, and the greater and more important point than that even, is that if you will freak out about a menorah being desecrated or a minara being desecrated, and it doesn't bother you that human beings are being killed, this is 100% evil. This thought comes from shaitan. The messenger of Allah وسلم, his teaching, as was explicitly mentioned by Sayyidina Abdullah bin Umar and also narrated from the Prophet وسلم, as well directly, is that the believer, the least of the believers is more holy and more sacred in front of Allah Ta'ala than the Kaaba itself. Forget about a random masjid than the Kaaba itself. Baytullah Mu'adham. Why is it that the value of human life has become so paltry, has become such garbage to people? It's not right, it's not okay. If we can't get to that point of talking with people, we should understand there's some sort of fraud that is happening with us. This is not to point fingers at anybody, but that there, is, there are fraudulent parties that are not being honest with us, and they're expecting us to deal with them, not in an honest way. And I'm not saying this is a conflict between Islam and Judaism. Let me tell you, you know, I mentioned this point about the, uh, you know, the benora being haram to, 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 to desecrate it. I mean it. Our mashayikh before us meant it. You know, my, I studied in the Muslim world, not as a minority, in Muslim-majority countries. One of my mashayikh was actually given a land grant in the Indian subcontinent. Imagine this. In the Indian subcontinent in the city of Lahore, in Pakistan, he was given a land grant in the old part of the city in order to build a madrasa, build an institution. Because the place he was teaching in was choked with students. There was, they literally had to teach classes from day and night because it wasn't big enough for the amount of students coming to him. He asked a lawyer to research that land grant that was given to him and he found out that this was a Hindu temple that was put into disuse after the partition of Pakistan and India. And he said that by treaty, the Muslims promised in Pakistan that they would preserve the places of worship of the Hindus and the uh, Indians promised that they would preserve the places of worship of the Muslims. They would not trash them. And so for that reason, he refused to accept that piece of land. This is not even people of the book. This is like idolatry. And still, he honored that pact. This is the pact of the... I mean it. We really mean all of these things. But at the same time, if somebody wants to bring up one thing and not bring up the other, or wants to bring up both of those things and not talk about human life, this is a fraud that's happening with us. This is why, and I'm not talking about politics, but there are certain things that the government does that we have religious teachings about which we need to share. This is why it is so dangerous, and why it is so unacceptable for our government to pass resolutions saying that anti-Zionism and anti-Semitism are the same thing. One is a political ideology 
which is subject to the purview of free speech. The other is a religion, which as Muslims, as Muslims, we say that we disagree and we agree to disagree with them and we don't go any further than that. And this actually not only puts us in jeopardy as Muslims, it actually puts our Jewish neighbors and friends in jeopardy. Why? Because who do you think are desecrating the menorah? Do you think it's someone who's sitting in Jummah right now that I have to say that it's haram to them and they'll say, oh, okay, I thought we were supposed to do that? It's not Muslims at all. What is it? It's the regular rank and file people, some of them less educated, have less self-control over themselves, the people who are trashing masajid because of the propaganda for the last 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, 60 years. Those people, once they see that they were getting lied to, they get very angry and they do these things. Why? Because they don't have a sharia that they follow. They don't have teachings that they follow that teach them all of these things. They have a very simplistic and very unrestrained mode of thinking and acting and they're going to do these things. And by conflating the religion of Judaism with what? With this political ideology which is currently murdering Muslims and Christians and causing the unnecessary death and destruction of property, lives of Jews both within the sacred lands and all around the world this is a problem this is an issue we have to speak up about it I don't care who agrees Democrat or Republican the one who agrees they agree with what the teachings of Islam are this is something we need to also understand because we live amongst people you cannot close your eyes and be blind you cannot tell your children hey just don't talk about this why? Because even if you don't want to go to a problem, the problems have already come to your door. They've already come to your threshold. You have to understand them. We have to understand them. Our young people, we have to talk to them openly. They have to understand them as well. Because if the solution to all of these problems is to stick your head in the sand and hide from the world, we've been doing that. It's not working. It's only getting worse. And I'm not against interfaith dialogue. But we have to do with some sort of dignity. We have to do with first understanding what our deen teaches us first as Muslims. Not in order to represent to anybody else, but in order for us to be able to represent ourselves in front of Allah Ta'ala on the Day of Judgment. And then thereafter, right speech only comes from right thought, right understanding, right knowledge. Right action only comes from right thought, right understanding, right knowledge. You're not going to do something good without understanding first. Because what? Every pitcher will only pour out the thing that's inside it. If you fill Kool-Aid in the pitcher, don't expect that it's going to pour honey. It doesn't work that way. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us tawfiq. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us understanding. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us hikmah and know the way that we speak to one another and the way that we speak to our friends and neighbors. I truly believe once all of the psychiatric distress everybody is under right now is removed, and we can just talk to one another, human to human. I truly believe there's nobody, regardless of the religion, who will ever think that what's happening right now in Gaza is okay. But it's a matter of being able to talk to people, not trigger their, not trigger their sensitivities into some sort of fight-and-flight animalistic type of uh, uh, confrontation, but just put the facts on the ground and give people enough time to digest it. Because there's very few people who Allah gave the tawfiq that you say the haq, you say the truth to them, and they accept it right away. Some people, it takes them a little bit of time. 
Allah Ta'ala give us tawfiq to be steadfast and say the best thing, not to be cowards, not to hide, but to say what is right and what pleases Him and to say it steadfastly and in a way that people will be able to digest eventually, even if it takes them some time. Allah Ta'ala give us tawfiq. Wa sallallahu ta'ala ala rasulihi Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in wa aqulu qawli hadha wa astaghfirullaha li wa lakum ulisa'il al-muslimina fa astaghfiruhu innahu huwa al-ghafoor al-rahim.